Hey, greetings, uh, sports fans, Catholic radio listeners. My name is Steve Ferguson, joined by our co-host, Brad Moore. And we're bringing you two guys in a conversation from the campus at Sterling Computers in North Sioux City. Brad, we've got a lot to talk about on our little show um, because all the sports are colliding. Basketball, football, volleyball, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sensory overload time for me, and I love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. This is the time of year where the volleyball coaches and the football coaches and the basketball coaches all have to get along. Everyone wants the athlete's time. Yeah, you remember that, Coach oh, yeah. Nahelan. Yeah, yeah, you had those uh, multi-sport athletes. Yeah, and when I was coaching Nahelan, the volleyball team was always so good and went so deep into the season that we had to wait to, to get the volleyball players. Yeah, that's true. I remember some of those years when Carly Tritz is uh, lightening it up in the volleyball, you know, down at uh, – uh, the tournament and the Vondrack girls, uh, you know, I think Natalie was a key player for you in one of those years. Yeah, so Natalie was freshman when, when I was there. She had uh, two older sisters. There were a lot of Vondracks, all of yeah. them very good, very yeah. athletic. Yeah. I hope they have a lot of kids. We, yeah. need, we need to get them back. That's right. Hey, uh, Siouxland football, uh, we've still got one of our area teams marching along, which is uh, not a big surprise, Sergeant Bluff. Uh, really handled Carlisle in their uh, their first round game, and uh, they have a, another game coming up with, uh, is it Norwalk Friday night, Brad? Yeah, so they have Norwalk uh, at home, and, uh, you know, they should sneak by Norwalk, I think. Um, Sergeant Bluff 9-0 and since that opening loss to Lewis Central, but they may get another shot at Lewis yeah. Central. Yeah, Lewis Central's on the other side running with it, so that'll be good. And, and uh, it's at home at Sergeant Bluff. We expect them to probably take care of business and keep moving along. Area volleyball teams. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about various teams around the city and around the area. And uh, Galen Catholic, which has a strong tradition and an outstanding veteran coach, is back to state. Uh, Hull Western Christian. Wow, big surprise. Ranked number one. Tammy's got her team back to state. Unity Christian, another powerhouse, back to state. Sergeant Bluff, ranked number one now, Brad, in 4A, off to state, smashing Carroll the other night, three zip. And uh, we also have our other regional team, the Dakota Valley Panthers, getting set to make their uh, district run uh, this week. Yeah, that's that's right. And uh, Carroll Kemper, uh, 3A, number two seed, 35 and 4. Man, that program in the last five to seven years has really uh, – really come alive and they're uh, they've got it going on down there so that's another uh, uh, nice little uh, shout out to the Carol Kemper Knights and and uh, good luck to all these teams in postseason play but I wanted to talk Brad a little bit about volleyball as and, and maybe a little bit in depth so when you look at volleyball teams one of the things the coaches look at is attack and how how efficient they are and uh, at the at the high school level, you know, if you got a super dominant player, let's say a, a six foot one uh, rock star from uh, uh, Morris Orange City that we've seen in the past, or Harlan, they're hitting in the forty five, even fifty percent efficiency, which means that when you throw the ball to them, uh, there's a about a one in, one out of two chance you're going to get a point, and that's unheard of in volleyball. And uh, you know this as a big volleyball fan with Nebraska. Uh, you know, statistics, but I wanted to share with you a little bit about some of the Dakota Valley uh, team. They've got one of the best setters um, in the region and possibly going to be the Class A player of the year this year in Allie Beersford, uh, who's going off to Sioux Falls. And obviously a setter of that caliber really helps your hitters, but the hitters still have to take care of business. Right. 
You know, at Nebraska, you watch those amazing players. I watched the third set the other night. You got gals, instead of just smashing the ball, they're going up and placing the ball. Right. You know? Right. So especially if you have a, a good defensive team that uh, is athletic and they get hands up and, and blockers in the correct position, uh, hitting can be tough. So you have to pick your spot. You pick your, you pick your uh, angles and lanes, and uh, good hitters won't hit it straight into the hands they'll take it down the line they'll take it cross court and that's strategy within the game that's fun to watch yeah and this is what makes a, a team like Dakota Valley which I don't know what their their tallest player is uh Tori Schultz might be 5'11 in the middle uh Rosenquist is I think 5'10 the outside Sophie Atchison is 5'8 5'9 on the right side and and Rachel Wente, who's had a, a, a terrific season as a senior playing in the middle maybe a little undersized but super athletic but they're coming up against uh, possibly a Sioux Falls Christian that has a lot more size. Dakota Valley's already beat them because you have to be more dynamic, like the setter Beersford, and your hitters have to be able to hit around the block. Yeah, and, and the chess game is, and this is fascinating, and I, I follow it when I watch uh, Nebraska volleyball. So when, when you receive the serve, uh, you have to have a good pass. If, mm -hmm. if you don't have a good pass, then you're not going to get a, a good set. And if you get the pass down and you get the set down, now your hitters have a chance. And and the other team on that serve, they're trying to keep you off balance. They're trying to serve aggressively so you don't get into a rhythm. And there's so many components. But if you have a good hitter, that means you've got a good defender that's passing it up well, that's putting a setter in position to make a good set. True that. Who do they have out at Dakota Valley? Wilshire, who's one of the best liberos uh, in the state of South Dakota and is getting a lot of attention to the, for the next level. She's uh, setting Allie Beersford up, and a great pass makes a setter look really good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they do all the work that's necessary. Everyone's, uh, you know, I love a, a big hit, a big thundering hit. Um, you know, it's very exciting. It's like a dunk in basketball mm -hmm. almost, but uh, that's that's just the completion of a great play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've watched a little bit of volleyball and recognize the value of that pass uh, uh, for sure. Allie Beardsford, I want to sh share with you too, what, what's making uh, the Dakota Valley somewhat unique is her ability to be an attacker. I think she's got over 164 kills so far, Brad, uh, with a kill efficiency of right around 37%. And for a setter, that normally is just dumping to kind of keep the team off balance. She's an attacker and, and a major force. Yeah, that's that's rare. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure if she's an attacker that she's she's blocking on occasion as well. The more athletic uh, setter that you have, the more things that she brings to the table, um, the better your offense and defense is going to run. So, that, But that's rare. Yeah, if, you, if anybody out there hasn't had a chance to, to watch her play, she's, uh, she's fun. She's smooth and... And it'll be interesting to see how far and how deep she can take Dakota Valley this year as they make their run. Uh, we're going to jump over to uh, college basketball. It's underway here in the in the local scene, both Morningside and Briarcliff. Brad, I want to share with you some thoughts on Morningside men's hoop, and then I want to hear what you've got going on at the cliff. But Morningside went on the road to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, played uh, number 23 Indiana Tech right out of the gate on the road. And won 59-58. Super tough game. Um, All-American Tyler Borchard's played nine minutes. Foul trouble. So wow. the luxury they have, Trey Brown out of Gretna is a backup post. And he had a phenomenal national tournament last year. He would start for most Division II teams in the Northern Sun probably and in the NAI. He comes in and gives 11 points. But here's the other kicker. 
Mm-hmm. Coach Sykes got a really big time freshman post out of Milwaukee. Jacob Feist or first F I E R S T first. Watch him nine points in nine minutes and wow. off the bench in a big game. So they got through that first game, won the second game against number twelve host Cornerstone seventy eight fifty eight. Well, Borchers had a bounce back, twenty seven points in twenty eight minutes. They also have the luxury of former Wayne State player Ben Hoskins, who's now a senior coming off the bench, a nice 6'5 athletic shooter, hit two threes, went two for uh, two. For two. Will Potterbaum, the freshman out of Lamar's we talked about, uh, hit two out of three threes and gave him some boost off the bench. And then, of course, Zach Immig, who was the academic All-American last year, a very much a, a Danny Rudine-type player that can do it all, uh, fun to watch, 15 points. So Morningside's out of the gate, 2-0. and zero. Um, and heading into this weekend. Yeah, that's that's fun time. And yeah. uh, I know Borchers. I've seen him play a lot. Very exciting kid to watch. So uh, I'm going to make it to some Morningside games, and I can't wait till the Morningside Briarcliff. Oh, my gosh. Bri- Briarcliff. historic. That Briarcliff coach over there, uh, uh, I'm so impressed with their ability to find the people that fit their system. Ron Schultz has been there forever. A lot of former players on their staff. And Jackson Lamb, Brad, is a guy that you got to see play. Uh, I think the other night he hit 10 out of 19 threes in a game. Yeah, 10 out of 16. 10 he out of 16. Had, uh, Unbelievable. T- tied the school record for uh, 10 three-pointers. And uh, so Briarcliff's starting out well, 3-0. and They beat Graceland 116-112 to 112 wow. in double overtime. How wow. much fun would that have been? Oh, man. So speaking of uh, Jackson Lamb, he had uh, 49 points, 11 rebounds. Jeez. He actually had uh, 87 points over the first three games. Uh, he was uh, GPAC Player of the Week. Um, he is an all-conference, uh, honorable mention, all-American, returning senior. Mm-hmm. Um He's out of Greenfield, Iowa, so he'll be special to watch. Uh, Ethan Friedel, uh, 32 points in that opener, and then uh, second second game against uh, number t- 22 Bellevue. Uh, Briarcliff gets the win, 81-76. That's a big win. That is a big win for them. Uh, Connor Grove, an SBL, yeah. Sergeant Bluff grad, he had 19 points in addition to Jack Lamb's 20. Uh, and then they got one over Nebraska Christian, 115-69. to so they start 3-0, their next game Friday, um, that would be tonight, uh, Dakota State at the uh, Presentation College Classic in Aberdeen. Well, uh, Ethan Friedel, if you know anything about the history of South Dakota sports, the Friedel name is huge. Many of those uh, Friedels went to Augustana, played basketball and football, uh, maybe a USD uh, player there. But that's a that's a bloodline that runs through South Dakota. So getting him down to Briarcliff was a was a big get. And Connor Groves, wow, what a what an immediate splash for a freshman out of Sergeant Bluff. Right. I l- saw that kid play as a sophomore against Healybrad. And what I felt I fell in love with him in a game where he went 0 for 12 uh, in a substate game. He's a sophomore three-point shooter, and he never once stopped shooting the ball, and, they, and everything was online. It was just one of those timing things. But his teammates expected him to shoot it. They were in better position for the offensive rebound. There was no guessing. And then I watched that kid just continue to evolve and develop. He had a great career at Sergeant Bluff, and what a, an immediate impact at the NAIA level. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Well, you know, let's uh, – Let's uh, talk a little more on the women's side of things here in a couple of minutes when we come back uh, on our show with uh, two guys in the conversation, and we'll catch you in just uh, uh, a few minutes.
Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in a Conversation. Uh, Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Bohr. This is the part of the show where Steve and Brad can uh, talk about anything sports-wise. It's Steve and Brad's Room of Knowledge. And uh, we wanted to follow up our discussion from the first part of our show on NAA basketball and talk a little bit about the women's team, um, both at Morningside and Briarcliff. And Morningside's uh, uh, number 19, Jamie Sales' uh, team, number 19 in the country, Opened up with two tough teams, uh, number 24, Olivet Nazarene. Uh, they won 101 to 86 and uh, led by Sierra Mitchell, junior out of Southeast Polk, had 27 points, five out of 12 from three. She's a very special three-point shooter. Senior Sydney Hupp, uh, Hupp is uh, 24 and 14 out of the gate, double-double for her. And uh, then they followed that up with an 89 to 78 win over St. Xavier out of Chicago the alma mater of our good friend, Brian Atchison, and uh, Sophia Peppers, Brad, an honorable mention, all named uh, for me, 27 points, uh, 5'10 forward, and then Hupp was 19 and 12, 19 points, 12 rebounds, and uh, Sierra Mitchell at 19, going four for eight uh, from three. So Jamie Sales' team looks like it's going to kind of be prepared for a bounce back year with two big wins over top 25 teams. Yeah, good for them. Sales, I uh, love watching his program. <laughs> yeah, he, His uh, Morningside teams always play very hard, score a lot of points. Uh, Briarcliff women's basketball got started 1-2, and two, uh, victory over Dakota State, 85-73. Um, then they played in that same uh, little tournament. They lost to number 17, St. Xavier, 62-102. to 102. Uh, And then they lost 92-114 to 114 to uh, Nazarene as well. So... Led uh, over the weekend by Alyssa Carley and uh, Madeline uh, Dietschler, uh, both had good weekends. Yeah, well, you know, the one thing about Coach Powers' teams, as I've w watched over the years, and he used to be our neighbor, Brad, a uh, great guy, is his teams always get better, and he, uh, he's got a good culture over there, and they'll be, uh, they'll be very competitive, and, uh, and it's, they're playing tough teams out of the gate. That's okay. Yeah, so tomorrow, 3 o'clock at the Newman Flanagan Center. Uh, who do they have up next? I'll find it. Yeah, there's uh, weekend games there for the, the cliff uh, uh, coming up. To, uh, and so if you want to yes. get out and see some G-Pack, Clark. Clark, Clark. Clark. Oh, yeah, they yeah. should be able to get Clark. So, hey, um, let's talk a little Big Ten football, Brad. Do we have um, to? I didn't know if you wanted to or not, so we'll, we'll, well just touch on it. You know, the, uh, the uh, fourth and fifth losses get easier to take. No, they never do for you guys. But, uh, man, that was, that was tough. I watched that Nebraska game, but uh, – once again, um, you know, we've talked a lot about it. It's the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes as our number one ranked team. But did you see what happened last night in the college football playoff uh, rankings? Penn State at number two, four. Two um, of the top four Big Ten teams. Yeah. So uh, our my rankings is in a Big Ten right now is Ohio State one, Penn State two, Michigan three. I'm going to take a deep breath. Minnesota four. Wisconsin 5 and Iowa 6. I have it exactly the same, except I have Minnesota 3, Michigan 4. That's impressive. Well, we're going to find out this weekend when they play Penn State at home. Yeah, there's only a handful of teams in the United States that still control their own destiny for the mm -hmm. season. Minnesota's one of them. Oh, that's right. So they've got some big games coming up. We'll know. Next week we'll know a lot. Uh, yes. For sure. Um, Iowa, Wisconsin, we'll talk a little bit, you know, uh, Penn State, Minnesota game. That goes without stand, saying. But this Wisconsin Iowa games is a is a legacy game for Nate Stanley. Brad, he has not played well against Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. Man, if they could pull it off, 
Yeah, so I, I said it last week. I still believe that this game will determine who wins the Big Ten West. Um, as I said to you before, I, I hope you're right, and I do believe you're right, because uh, Wisconsin's got that big game with Minnesota. Iowa's got the big game with Minnesota. Yeah, um, so, so, so I would expect Minnesota's going to lose this weekend to Penn State. Uh, then they they play Iowa. I would expect them to lose to Iowa and lose to Wisconsin. So I think Minnesota is still going to lose three of their next four. Or uh, yeah, they've got Northwestern in there. I think they lose three down the home stretch. So the winner of Iowa Wisconsin, I I think is going to be the Big Ten West champion. So I was looking at a little deal that's predicting where the Big Ten teams were going to go for bowl games. Okay. So they had it's Iowa. Funny, I I didn't see that. Well, I didn't to, look. Well, listen to this. <laughs> listen to this. I want you to tell me how this math was done. They had Iowa nine and three, going to the Red Box Bowl. They had Nebraska at six and six going. Now I want you to tell me, okay, who's Nebraska got left? Okay, so Iowa. They've got they've got Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Maryland, Iowa. Okay, three games. So they they're going to win Maryland, and they're at four four wins. So who do they beat? Wisconsin or Iowa? And because if they beat Iowa, it's hard for Iowa to get to that. Well, win wait a total. second. If, so does that mean this 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 just doesn't work? So Iowa wins at Wisconsin. That means they lose in Nebraska to be nine and three, or they lose at Wisconsin and they win at Nebraska. That means Nebraska has to beat Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. To go I don't six see and it six. Happening. I don't see so it. this guy has has Nebraska going in this uh, article. I was trying to figure that out, going, "Hey, wait a second, man! That means they're either beating Nebraska or Iowa, and I, that would mean Iowa would have to have beaten Wisconsin." So the triangle here is interesting. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So my hope is is that uh, whether it's Minnesota, Iowa, or, or Wisconsin, uh, I hope one of those teams gets hot at the end and then gives Ohio State or Penn State. A good run in the Big Ten championship yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of grief. There's, uh, you, you know, what everyone says that the East is so much stronger. Um, so I'm waiting for the day where they're not. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, going to be so much fun to talk about these games down the stretch. My goodness, it is a crazy, crazy uh, setup for uh, November. Um, one other thing on Iowa football tidbit uh, that came out the other day: George Kittle, former tight end. Uh, that there's these statistical analysis things, but he was the highest rated NFL player. And what they take into account all your plays, you know, blocking, you know, catching the football, all these different statistical things. But it just came out that he was the highest ranked player uh, in the NFL. And uh, so that kind of helps uh, maybe Iowa in their re recruiting of tight ends. It think? just shows he's been well coached. Yeah. So he's a character too. He officially named a tight end, official tight end day, national tight end day here a few weeks ago. So, but uh, anyway, um, so, you know, we'll talk a little more. Tell me, tell me what the feelings are. You know, I, I saw Scott Frost post game and, and uh, you know, he basically is a straight up dude and he's just said, hey, listen, I didn't come here not to, to make this place better. And it doesn't it's just not happening as, as fast as what we thought. Yeah, I think that the program uh, and the players were further off than what he thought. Probably when he got here, I thought he thought the turnaround would be a little bit faster. Um the linemen and, and their weight and their strength and conditioning um, probably led led people to believe they were a little further along. But I saw in a goal line situation, I saw a three-year starting tackle for Nebraska whiff. He fell down on his face and whiffed at the two-yard line 
which kept Nebraska from scoring down there. And, yeah. You know, it still comes down to that line play. And guess what? It's not about it's not all about being big and strong. You know, you're you're bringing up a really really good point. If you could take the 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 Nebraska film and clip out all the little plays that led to a, a loss, all the little ones. And it's that fine of a line. What if they didn't have those problems? Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, the Iowa way is, is, as we talk about, minimizing any type of mistake, minimizing penalties. If you fumble the football for Kurt Ferentz, it better have a legitimate reason or you're on the bench. Yeah. I mean, it's just that yeah. I think that's what sometimes makes the quarterback a little bit limited at Iowa. I think they're so worried about turnovers, but it works in their favor. Yeah, it's like small ball and baseball, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you do the little things well. You do them right all the time. And and you win those little victories. You get your little block. Yeah. You get your block on the goal line, and you score when you're in position. It, it's those little things that you, it's too fine a line in the Big Ten if you've got no more talent than Nebraska does. Yeah. And so those little errors keep, you know, they they shoot themselves in the foot, and, that, yeah. and that's why they've got a losing record right yeah. now. Yeah, 500 yards of offense is pretty amazing. But if you're turning the ball over three or four times, I mean, it just that's a tough in the Big Ten. That's a tough formula. Um, I think, uh, and that, it'll be interesting. Frost will adapt. Then he'll look at it. Okay, this is how we're going to bring our philosophy and and morph it into how it's going to work in the Big Ten. Yeah, actually, uh, I saw that he said that someone questioned him about this year's losing record and the effect on recruiting. And he said that uh, he actually think it's a selling point that that these kids can come in, have uh, immediate playing time, and make an immediate impact. That's interesting because when we talk about our preseason show going into next year at the end of the season, Brad, we're going to be uh, shocked at how young some of these teams are. You know, it's the way of the world too. But I was playing a lot of young young people, and I think they're saying, "Hey, you got an opportunity to compete." We're not saying that you can't. Linemen are different. Linemen, though, Brad. Uh, we'll talk about it again. It's tough to walk in as a freshman and be ready to play at the Big Ten and line. Uh, perfect example is look at Nebraska. Is uh, their their lines are no better than they are. Uh, they've got some really good young players um, on campus. They're redshirting. They're they're just not ready. Mm-hmm. Even though the the starters are not that good, the younger kids are just not ready. Yeah, that's so true. Well, hey, uh, we've got a little bit more to talk about with uh, area football at the NAI level when we come back from the break uh, on our show, and uh, we'll finish up and maybe have a few comments on uh, Big Ten basketballs. Let's get ready to go on Two Guys and a Conversation. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys and a Conversation. Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host Brad Moore. And uh, we're going to chat a little bit about uh, the area NAI football, uh, Morningside and Briarcliff, and uh, a little touch on volleyball as their seasons wind down. Uh, Morningside football, Brad, I uh, took the travel. I went out to Crete, Nebraska, beautiful, beautiful area, uh, Doan College, and to watch the Morningside Mustang football team. Here's what happened. Their bus broke down leaving Sioux City. And so uh, we're down there. It's about 1030-ish. And all of a sudden, players are showing up, getting out of cars, and people had to pick them up and give them a ride. Really? So I, they, guess, I guess that's the only way to slow morning sight down. Well, they, this is funny because uh, one of the players' moms said, well, they're not going to go through their normal routine. It's going to affect their play. Well, 14 to 10 at half, uh, two big interceptions derailed him in the first half, down on the goal line, and then one at the at the 50-yard line that was returned all the way to the five, and then they punched it in. So 14 to 10 at half, 
Second half, uh, Morningside kind of took care of business, uh, 28 straight points for a 42 to 10 win at Doan. Uh, Dolinchek, quarterback, 31 for 49, 316, three touchdowns. He's leading the nation in passing efficiency. I guess we've answered the question, could someone come in and possibly uh, at least be close to Trent Solzman? And the answer is yes. This wow. kid's the real deal. Two running backs, A.J. Ponder over 100 again at 132. Anthony Sims, 100. They're both juniors. Dolinchek is a sophomore. Junior, Reed Jurgensmeyer, 8 for 148. This kid is a great receiver. High points the ball. He may, might have made one of the best catches that I've ever seen straight down the field on a post pattern. It looks like the ball is overthrown. He dives and with one hand gra grabs the ball out of the air, cradles it before it's the ground. Is this Jurgen's Meyer yeah. you're talking about? I thought for yeah. sure it'd be on ESPN Top 10. Nobody must have sent it in. And he had eight for 148 with two touchdowns. And then Addison Ross, who was competing for the starting quarterback at the beginning of the year, they've slid him over the H-back. And really getting into the routine, they were putting him in some hook patterns. He had six big catches for 47 yards. On defense, the brothers, Jacob and Joel Kotzer, once again led the team in tackles. And uh, Joel had a, a tackle for loss for seven yards and uh, leading the defense there for the Morningside Mustangs. They have the home game with Concordia this weekend. It's senior day. And then they'll have number four, number five, Northwestern on the road to finish up their season, Brad. Yeah, so that that is going to be a great game. You got Northwestern undefeated. Uh, mm -hmm. They just beat Briarcliff. Uh, that's going to be a great finish. Yeah, update real quick on Morningside Volleyball. So we've been talking about Morningside will be the host team. Uh, we need to pause for a second. There's a new ruling that they have to have a certain level of wins. I think 500. They're playing Dak Westland this week. If they do not win, they don't make the GPAC tournament, and they don't get a host. So I was talking to some of the volleyball players, and they said, uh, we've got to get it done. Seniors Britt Olson, Emma Gerber, and Kelly Alvarisho, four-year starters, closed out their career the other night at a home win on senior night. Wish them the best. And uh, what's happening over the cliff? All right, Barcliff football. Uh, played number five Northwestern, lost 38-7. to seven. Uh, They moved to five and four overall, four and three in the G-Pack. Uh, next, they have Dort. Uh, should be a good game, very yep. evenly matched. Yep. Dort six and three, five and two in the conference. So, uh, against Northwestern, couldn't really get a lot going offensively. Uh, they slowed Northwestern down for a while, um, but uh, ended up losing 38-7. Uh, Jordan Williams, who's been very solid at running back uh, all year, had 117 uh, uh, yards and a touchdown, uh, average 8.4 per carry. So um, great game there. Uh, as far as uh, 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 Brackley Volleyball, uh, you know, they continue they, their slide. They lost to St. Mary's uh, in three sets. Now they're 13 and 17, 3 and 12 overall, lost the last 10 and 14 of their last 16 after a very promising uh, 11 and 3 start. So uh, the, the, it, really unfortunate. They've got, uh, let's see, Doan um, on, on the 6th at home, 730. Uh, and then they'll be finishing up their year. So I'm going to ask you a question. So if Briarcliff football beats Dort, will they finish third in the conference? Uh, good question. I don't I think know that they're for right. Sure. I, I think mean, it's, they're, I, they're fourth now, maybe. So I think that's if they beat Dort, I think they'll and and win their next game. I think they would end up third behind. Uh, and that's a great season. Well, they would tie Dort uh, then at five and three. Yeah, and have the head-to-head -head victory. So I'm not sure how the rest of the teams are doing. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think when I looked at that, Briarcliff was in the top four. So that's a huge game for them and for their program. Yeah, good for. I mean, Briarcliff last two years winning seasons. Yeah. Um, that's progress. Oh yeah, that's needed. I mean, that's uh, that's really great stuff. So, 
And like we talked about, that's going to help in their area of recruiting around here. So um, to finish up our program here, we just have a minute or so, Brad. Uh, little Iowa Hoops uh, is getting ready to get started. They had a nice scrimmage there. And there's a player that I want you to keep your eye on, C.J. Frederick, redshirted. He was the Kentucky High School Player of the Year, shooting guard, six foot three. And uh, the word is he's very much like Joe Weiskamp. He can really defend. He can really shoot it, and he had a really great game out of the gate. And then Joe Weiskamp has been uh, really hyped this year as a top 40 player in the country. And uh, he knows that he has to take his level of game from 11 points to the 20-point range for the Hawkeyes to be successful. And did I hear that uh, Sioux City East graduate Aiden Vanderloo got in the game? Uh, he in the scrimmage, he very well could have. I didn't know that, but it wouldn't surprise me because yeah. it was a blowout. Somebody mentioned him getting some playing time, so I well, wasn't sure about yeah, that. Great, good for him. Aiden's going to have a great experience there, and I know he wants to be a coach. And don't be surprised if he gets on the floor someday. He's yeah. a basketball junkie, and he can shoot it. So. Yeah, yeah, confident um, kid. Yeah, really, that'll be fun to watch down there. So, hey, next week uh, we're going to be talking a lot of basketball. It's going to be happening. We're going to see if we can get a little healing preseason information and talk of some of the area high school teams and more volleyball updates and more football. And I don't know if we're going to have enough time, Brad, but uh, we'll see what we can do next week on two guys in a conversation. So uh, one note um, for all you people that are listening, my mom, Fergie's mom, some of our family members, uh, 615. We're permanently uh, after football oh. season will be Friday nights, 615 to 645. I think there's a couple exceptions, conflicts, but uh, for the most part, tune in at 615 or find us on iTunes. It's number two, Two Guys in a Conversation. Um, you can download the uh, the uh, Apple uh, iTunes uh, podcast. Hey, great info. Thanks, Brad. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week.